Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to All Stats, Aren't We? A podcast in which Leeds fans cast their combined eye over goings on at Ellen Road, giving scrutiny to the underlying statistics and tactical footings at work at Leeds United. I'm Tom Olson and I'm joined today by Martin Riley and Adam Elliott. Adam, how are you doing, mate? I'm fantastic. Um, it's Halloween tonight. Um, I was ready to record this pod maybe like half an hour ago. These two were up trick-or-treating, guys. I have to let you all know. They were out, they were dressed up, and that's why we're late today. Isn't that right? That is like the opposite of what it was. Like Whatever Scrooge is for Halloween, I am that. Like I just I just don't get it. I think it's a complete waste of time. Why do I want to dress up as scary things? I, 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 like when, we, when I was at uni, or even before uni, like people were like, oh, should we have a Halloween party? I'm like, why? We could just go to the pub and have a pint. So, but I'm, I sound like a right miserable bastard now, and I am. So, did you not hand out any sweets, trick or treaters? Are you one of them that just goes, "Oh, they can go to the next house." I don't mind doing that, but I don't, I don't get dressing up myself. It's just not for me. But I know, I know, Martin, that you loved it because I've seen your costume and you looked <laughs> great. But yeah, you could, yeah, you each to your own, but not for me. Like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big lover of um, fancy dress in general. Um, I don't, I don't do too much dressing up nowadays. But in, in my younger days, I used to always have dress-up parties, and I've had all sorts of costumes over the years. Um, two examples, I've, I've I made my own Link from Legend of Zelda outfit once, like, handmade. Oh, nice. Made it all from scratch, in, including the, the Master Sword and the Shield. Cool. That was one, one of my favourite ones I've done. I've also done Captain America, made a homemade shield for that as well. Um, and then this Halloween, I, I went as Beta from Walking Dead, if anyone's a fan of Walking Dead. That's what I went as. Very nice, yeah. But like, if you love it, that's good for you. It's just not for me. Like, <laughs> I think the only time you get him is like when, when we go with the cricket. Sometimes we'll dress up, but that that's more of like because it's, it's the thing everyone does more than that. Anything. I personally have like a stupid amount of costumes, not because I like the cricket. Otley runs, just Otley runs. Otley I do, runs. yeah. I'll dress yeah. up in Otley runs. To be fair, I forgot that one. It's mainly if I'm drinking, I'll dress up, and if I'm not, then I won't dress up. <laughs> Fair enough. We don't even need to know what Martin's had for tea tonight because he's just eating chocolates and sweeties. Pretty much, yeah. I've I've not had my tea yet. No, I've just eaten, I've just eaten whatever sweets the kids didn't like from theirs, which there was quite a few. Um, things I there's pretty much any sweets I like. So all of all the bounties and the and 
anything with nuts, yeah, all that sort of stuff came to me. So, yeah, I'm, I've eaten plenty of junk tonight. Excellent. Right, let's talk about the game on Sunday. Sunday? Oh, God, my head's gone. Friday. Yeah, what was, Sky TV's rubbish, isn't it? Um, so, we are here today to talk about the game on Friday, which is the big one against Leicester City, who are top of the table. Um, yeah, they've won all but one of their 14 games so far, which is, I think is a pretty unprecedented start to a championship campaign. So, it should be quite an interesting uh, game to talk about. But let's dig into the analysis of Leicester first, as we always do, and see how they're playing and their recent results then. So, I've kind of hinted at the answer to this one already, Martin, but what are their recent results and form? And has anything changed recently? I guess not results-wise, but maybe more generally? <laughs> um, well, yeah, the results, like you mentioned, they've won all but one of their matches. The only loss they've had was against Hull, really randomly. I, don't, I think Hull just totally robbed one in that game. They At home, not, Yeah, they had 0.3 XG and somehow man- managed to get a win, a 1-0 win. So it's a typical smash-and-grab Tony Pulis style. Um, but yeah, um, they're they're really good. Um, won lots of games. Uh, regards to anything changing, they've stayed the, the same sort of formation the whole season, four three three. Um, and the only change they've had recently, maybe a bit of rotation in the midweek games. Some players came in, they've had a few injuries as well, but we'll get into those details a bit later. I think that's the simplest answer we've had to that question all season, isn't it? Yeah, Just, <laughs> yeah. They've won the last they've... nine league games. So yeah. And it is, like you say, unprecedented. I think they've had the best start of any championship side ever. Um, and yeah, like Martin says, they seem to be pretty relentless at the moment. I would say that at the start of the season, they weren't always playing well. Um, I'd agree with that, wins, yeah. But now they seem to just be a machine and they are playing well and they are winning. So yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah, the start of the season, I was just like, oh, they won't keep it up. They're not playing that well. They're getting 90th minute winners. And now I'm like, I, I just generally can't see them ever losing ever again, apart from on Friday, maybe. <laughs> Adam, how do they set up in possession then? So they build up in a sort of three-two-four-one shape, which entails the left back, which has been Doyle at the start of the season, but he's now injured. Uh, he's playing this role pretty well at the start of the year. He'll invert into a sort of a left centre back position, which is what he played last season for Coventry. But currently, it's been James Justin doing that, and the other fullback on the other side, Ricardo Pereira, who's obviously an excellent player. I don't really know why he's playing Championship football. He's one of the best footballers in the league. Um, he inverts into midfield alongside Harry Winks to create like a two to help build the ball up, um, and that means that the four in behind uh, a solitary striker. Includes people like Wilfred Ndidi, who for most of his career has been a defensive midfielder, um, pretty much putting put up really, really good defensive numbers in the Premier League, like tackle interceptions per 90, like off the charts kind of numbers, second only to Angola Kante at times in his career um, in terms of the Premier League. And now he's playing as a, like, an attack minded number eight and he's kind of like making things happen in the final third. Um, but yeah, they're, they're a really, really good in transition team like us when they want to be. But due to the, that might just be due to the quality and differential between their players and their oppositions. Um, they have a lot of fast dynamic attackers um, and players that just get in towards the box and, and can make things happen like Kenan Dewsbury Hall, probably the best midfielder in the in the league that isn't called Ethan Ampadu. Um so that's a good little battle that we've got going as well. But yeah, um they, they do tend to try and build through the thirds they are trying to like possess the ball and like I said, it seems like at the start of the season they were probably a little bit more of a transitional team who were getting moments of of kind of I wouldn't say luck, but like they were just being able to kill off teams like that rather than always possessing the ball the way they want to. But now they seem to keep the ball and then 
and in good areas and and they seem to dominate games for the most part um they've got a lot of decent ball players in their setup if, if you let them dictate on the ball um and they become a pretty yeah like as a decent possession side um it's just that i think at times i think there were a few leicester fans that have discussed this that they can be a bit ponderous at center back with the ball sometimes but i don't always think that's a bad thing like you can keep the ball and take the sting out of the game a little bit when you do that and, and it's kind of good get good man, good game management at times i would say as well but yeah like in, in general pretty aggressive um with the ball and, and want to dominate games and, and tended to do that recently martin is that the way you've seen it as well or is there anything you want to add to that yeah, I think Adam got most of the things which I, I had noted down about, about Leicester in possession. Um, the only thing that I think he maybe missed was, um, the goalkeeper is often used as part of the build up. Yes. And some, sometimes will, um, come quite far forward. <clears throat> Similar to what we do with Melier at times. Um, that's one thing which helps them to dominate early possession and it gives them an, an extra player in that sort of structure, which, um, brings it like, like Adam said, the 3 2 4 1, um, which they like to use. Uh, but I did actually notice in, in my game watching that, Sometimes they don't invert the fullbacks. Um, in the game I watched, which was against Southampton, luckily <laughs> they, they did something a bit different, and both fullbacks in that game were quite wide at times. So it is something that they do. It seems that they vary per, per opposition, and I think that could be because of Southampton's press, which is quite RB style, which is quite narrow in its pressing approach. So I think maybe in that game they wanted to do something a little bit differently. So that's a, a useful thing to know ahead of this game, I think. I guess there's like similarities between sorts on a basic level similarities between Leicester and Leeds, isn't there? That the the players they have is quite overpowered for the division, and they're trying to play sort of on a again the base level possession football. But I guess one criticism of Fark could be that it's been a bit more vibesy than trying to than like a structured play in some situations. Would you guys say that Leicester is the same, or are they more? wedded to sort of this possession style and more the um I don't know the possession possession play I guess rather than just letting their overpowered players dictate on the opponent I think there is some vibesy approach to to the attack at times especially when they win the ball through pressing that they're pressing um which is is very good but we'll get onto that in the next questions but yeah the, I think there is a certain element of that but not quite as heavy vibes as what we are at times um there is more structure to their attacks and a lot, of, lot of what they do, especially with with the way the two eights push forward and help with the attack to um, create overloads in in wide spaces. And Dewsbury Hall is excellent at, at those sort of runs, and it's a player that who I would have loved to see under Bielsa. <laughs> I actually found parallels watching Leicester to Bielsa, which isn't too surprising because um, Reskers is got inspiration from Pep and. Pep got inspiration from Bielsa in certain parts of his play, so it does make sense that there is parallels to Bielsa bowling. Yeah, I, I largely agree with what Martin said there, and Jurisby Hall is just an excellent player. Uh, what I would say is that I think they can be more structured than us. They don't have to be as vibesy and they don't have to play in transition as much because I think they've got players that can play those killer passes more than we have in our team and in our unit. I think Jewsbury Hall in particular is one player who's who's got a really eye for that creativity. Um, he's got the most goal contributions in the league this season and it's not actually too, too surprising when you hear that. He's got 11 goal contributions, which is one more than Somerville. But yeah, he's, he's a player that if you can get him in on the ball in the final third, He'll make something happen, and I don't think we have a midfielder that's like that yet. I think we might want to buy someone like that in January. We maybe got some wingers that can do things like that, but not 
maybe a central player. So um, yeah, he's a, he's a player. I know we'll talk about some some later on that we're a bit worried about from their team, but he's probably the one I'm the most concerned about if they get him on the ball in any kind of phase, whether it's in transition or whether it's when we're kind of a bit deeper. I think he can unlock doors for them. I mean, he's decent. He's, he's a decent player. He's not as creative as our best creator, though. I was going to say the same thing, Martin. Yeah, our Ruter is um, leading the way for both expected assists and for chances created. So he's number two, he's Gabriel. He's not far off when it comes to being a creator. Leicester could be second best at something this season, at least. Yeah, yeah they can. <laughs> you were going to hint at um, the out of possession stuff in your answer then, Martin. So do you want to take us through that now? Yeah. Uh, so we had the first of all I'll touch on their their rest defence. They have got a decent structure to prevent against transitional attacks. Um, they can can kick. It's a three-two rest defence which they use with sometimes um, one of the two pushing forward a little bit to help. So they at least have three to four players back at most times to help to protect against transitional attacks, which is something which Maresca um, changed um, between his time um, at Parma. Um, he was going with a two-three. Um, build up so there's more players forward for, for, for the rest fence, but now he's gone for, for a free two, so it's one, one more player sits back to help help protect. That was something which he was getting done a lot of at Palmer, apparently. And the pressing approach that they take is like a four four two press. Um, so it's quite it's quite similar in some ways to ours. Um, we get the eights push forward to, to press along the striker, which makes a four four two. And then they try to lock the ball to one side of the pitch and the eight who jumps into the forward press tries to prevent the ball from being switched from one side to the other. So that's one thing that they're aware of which can hurt them is switches from one side to the other. So that's why one thing they try to do is press in the wide areas and try to prevent those those out balls. And that's something which they did do very, very well against Southampton. Um, They scored two goals from high turnovers just in the first 30 minutes. So they've got a very good press, basically. And... It's definitely going to cause us problems. On um, just to build on that a bit further, Martin. So you said about the three-two rest defence. How how does that come about? Because obviously they come about in a four. Just does the centre defensive mid drop in, or do one of the fullbacks invert? Because you said the fullbacks don't always invert. So yeah, so the, it, it's, it'll be the two it'll be the two centre backs, and um, I think Winks usually stays deeper along with them. So that that'll be the three, and then the two fullbacks are generally just ahead of them so the, so the okay. as well as the rest rest defense is the free um with the other two kind of in between the attack and the defensive line kind of things makes sense adam did you see anything else on the um Leicester's out of possession stuff no I just wanted to say that I think again it's something that's improved as the season's gone on I think that Southampton game was a a really good example of what they could do to a team that tries to dominate the ball they can really catch you out in the press Um, win the ball back high they've got those really fast transitional attackers they can make things happen so that is concerning but yeah just to illustrate the kind of dominance they're now showing in and out of possession now um, they have the lowest XG against of any team in the league and the lowest goals against they have the highest XG for of any team in the league and the joint, joint most for goals with Ipswich and then also they become like this super possession team which has the second second highest average possession um we're third just for you know anyone that wants to know um so yeah they, they're basically topping like most of the metrics at this point um and that's why I said yeah they are kind of turning the screw in terms of their their altogether all-round performance in pretty much every game now although having said that I think it is important to note that most Leicester fans probably would say that this is their hardest test so far having us and I do think we have the kind of right setup that might be able to catch them at least even if if, I'm worried about them in terms of what they could do to us but I don't worry too much about 
what we could do in terms to, um, of what we can do to them. I do think we can create chances in this game. Let's put it that way. I think the only other game Leicester have had this year that's maybe comparable to us is maybe the Southampton game. Is that right? I can't think of another one. that. Unless they've played Ipswich, there isn't really another team that's comparable, is there? No, Sunderland gave them quite a few problems in that game. I did watch that one as well. Um, yeah. Sunderland created quite a lot of chances, but that game became, even though it was only 1-0, it became quite like each team would have a bit of a, a spell of like good attacks and like a bit of concerted pressure um create quite a few chances and then the other team would have a little bit of a go um that's how i viewed that uh so yeah that it became like a game where it's quite open and it could have probably been a lot higher scoring let's put it that way so that's probably the other team that's that's maybe comparable a little bit i would say yeah i guess from watching those games then adam do, do you think there's so because we've talked a lot about Moresca's approach generally this season uh but do, do you expect any changes to his usual approach uh, for this game, considering he's, he's they're playing probably what one of the other two best teams in the league at the moment. Um, probably not, because I think that he's one of those managers who probably wants to keep instilling his style constantly. Um, and skipping ahead a bit here, but I do think teams, both teams' approach might want to be a bit more transitional. Perhaps I'm not certain of this. Um, I think it just suits both best in terms of the personnel they've got, rather than trying to dominate the ball. But I, I just don't think it'll happen. I think both teams will try to at least um, try to like put their own mark on the game and, and dominate the, the football, um, which in all honesty again might make the game more transitional if, if they're turning the ball over constantly. It just it might not be in the opposition's third all the time. It might be in, in your own sort of. Um, Sorry, it might be in the opposition's third, not your own third all the time. So that that's not as, I guess, worrying um, if we're giving the ball away in, in their half, which I'm seeing more of. But yeah, it could be that one of the two teams decides to sit off a little bit more um, and, uh, and you know, like create those artificial transitions. It's, it's possible that Maresca will note that down. But like Martin says, their press is so good and so aggressive and has been like so fine-tuned recently that I, I just don't see a world where they want to deviate too much from that. I think they'll continue to play their own game. The one thing I would say is that I expect this game to be much better than that absolutely awful one-all draw that we saw at the end of last season. Like The contrast in style now and the way both teams are, are so like possession-based should make for a much better spectacle, let's put it that way. Yeah, it's, it's interesting you say about the way that both teams approach this game. I, I saw your your thread that you put out today on Twitter, Martin, about the um, the pressing and how like yeah, Leicester's pressing is very impressive, and ours is probably not. I don't think it's fair to say. So I think it, uh, if we approach the game like you you said in your thread today, Martin, that we go high press, then it might actually cause us problems and lead to a much more transitional game. Whereas we and if Fark sees that he might not sit off, but but be more mid blocky and force them to build up a bit more, so I think that yeah, Moresca's approach might be more reactive than to what Leeds' approaches. I guess from um, just to build on what you said there, Adam, would would you agree, Martin, that you think Moresca will just try and inf- uh, just put his stamp on the game in the way that he normally plays, or do you think there are some some changes that we might see? Yeah, I do think he'll probably keep it largely the same. There could be some minor tweaks, um, but I don't think anything major will change. Um, especially he'll look at the Southampton game, which we had, and see that Southampton's press caused us problems. So there's no reason why he should not do the same and press us in that same way, because <clears throat> we definitely struggle to deal with that, and we will same struggle to deal with theirs unless we change the way we build up from the Southampton game. 
which, like I said, in, in, in that thread's... Um, well, we'll go on to our approach later um, yeah, yeah. about that, so I don't want to go into that too heavily. And I guess we've highlighted Dewsbury Hall already as one of the players to look out for, but is there anyone else from Leicester that you guys want to chat about, and that could be good or bad? That's plenty for me. I don't know about you, Martin, but it's plenty for me. Yeah. Um, Hernan... I'll just leave you to it then. I'll go to the toilet and come back in five minutes. <laughs> uh, their goalkeeper we've already touched on, uh, maybe best goalkeeper in the championship. Um, I know it's a small sample size, but he's really, really good. Really high-rated prospect from Denmark called Hermansen. Um, yeah, like Martin said, helps with the build-up, but he's a decent shot stopper as well. Isn't nothing holding back, and he's really, really young. He's like the same age as Mez, so these two probably two of the best young goalkeepers in the league. Um, Pereira, like I've already said as well, probably one of the best players full stop in the division. Juice behold the same, so don't really talk about him. Um, one player I really want to talk about is Harry Winks. Uh, I think he's perhaps maybe a little bit overrated in some ways, but in terms of what he can do with the ball, in terms of when they can get him on it, he is really good and he can be that temp, that like metronomic tempo player um, and dictate the game. So I think he's a player that we need to kind of target in our own way at times. And that is why I'm a little bit concerned by the fact that Joel Perot might be playing as our second striker sort of in his sort of area because I don't think he's going to press him in the way that we need to. Um, and yeah, like we've kind of touched on a lot of their they're really fast dynamic attackers, so I'll just name a few of them. Mavididi, one of the best wingers in the league. Fatawu, who's a really young, exciting Ghanaian, looks looks electric. Makatea, one of their young um, players they've blooded this season from their academy. All of them really, really good in transition. All of them have end product. I'd say Mavadidi's probably the best of them, but he's he's been really ever-present for them all season. Um, there is a bit of a question mark about who they might start up front, though. I think Vardy started a decent amount of games, but I was listening to not a top 20 um, the other day, and I remember Ali Maxwell was saying that he's very much in the camp of Ian Acho's better player, both in and out of possession for them. Uh, and they probably should go with him for the most part for the rest of the season. I probably agree with that. He's, again, really good. And yeah, just the names I'm, I'm reeling off right now is, is kind of it. It just showcases the talent they've got in their team and why they probably do have the best squad in the league. Um, so yeah, I, I'll go let Martin have a go first if he wants to talk about anyone else because I've got another player that I want to talk about, but it's, it's on the sort of flip side of this. It's a player we might want to target. So you go, you go ahead, Martin. Yes, Matt, has he left you anyone, Martin? <laughs> uh, no, he, he has covered um, all the guys that I had to talk about, but I'll just talk about them a little, little bit further as to why they're so good, what sort of stats are behind that. So Dewsbury Hall is their joint top scorer. He's their top assister, most XG created, most non-penalty XG for, for himself, and also the most progressive passes for Leicester. So, yeah, he's a very, very good player. Mavadidi, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's also another all-round threat. He's got their second most um, assisted XG, third highest non-penalty XG, their best ball carrier, so he's got the most progressive carries for Leicester. Yeah, he's very, very good and smooth at carrying the ball. He's, he's just very fun player to watch and will definitely cause us problems. Um, and... Obviously, Hinacho is their top joint top scorer, joint with Dewsbury Hall. And Harry Winks, like Adam mentioned, is good. He's got the most passes into the final third in the league. So that's just not in Leicester, that's in the whole league. And also, he has the second most progressive passes for Leicester. But specifically on Winks, I did notice he can struggle at times being pressed. I don't think many teams have pressed Leicester that much. And in the game against Southampton, they were pressing. And he did have a few mistakes in that game because of the pressure that was being put under him. So I think he is someone who we would be able to press, but like Adam mentioned, if it's pro in that sort of area, he probably won't cause him too many issues. But I think if we could maybe jump one of our midfielders forward 
and to put pressure on from the other, the other direction. That could also work to disrupt Winks because he is their most pivotal player in their build-up phase. Uh, but he does so much for them, keeps them ticking all the way through. Um, so yeah, he's the one who we need to try to target, in my opinion. What would you say if I said we should play Patrick Bamford? I would agree with I you. I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, that was going to be my response. If you missed my thread, Adam, that's one of the things I said in that thread. Um, th- there's two ways that we can approach that, but I'll talk about that when we get to our side of the preview. Yeah, the one the one thing, I guess the only player that I might be left to talk about uh, from Leicester <laughs> is I, I, I like James Justin. I think he's a good player. I think he's probably another one that's playing below below his actual level. He could, I'm, I thought he might have been gone to a Premier League club in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I think we've named the whole eleven there. So what I will do is, I'll, yeah, well, I'm now going to flip to the other side and say we didn't really talk about the centre backs because I think they're the yes. ones that we should target, and that's why when we come to Leeds' approach, we'll say Bamford should play. I think, yeah, you guys have both mentioned Winks can be pressed. I I saw that as well from what from the games I've seen, and I think their centre backs who are Cody and Vestergaard, I think they can be got out in a press as well. Um, so phase is better. Well, Wout phase, I think is yeah. He's more he's more more likely to start as well, I think. Yeah, yeah, but again, again, I think Faze can still be got out as well. To to be fair, but I, I it's not something considering there's such a possession team. I don't think their centre backs have that ability to pass out that you maybe you probably could argue that ours do. No, I was going to say that the the thing that they've talked about a lot is that they've been quite pedestrian, like I say, with the centre backs a little bit. Yeah, yeah, um, which could be a, a definite route to goal for us. Um, press Vestergaard because I have on my notes even though I think he's played well this season so far he might still be cat piss is what I've got written down um, yeah. <laughs> which is is possible um, so yeah I would like to and he's really slow he's really 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 slow so if we can catch him out he's not going to get back he's not going to recover so that would be a really good area for us to target Just bang Dan James in behind him Absolutely. Or even on him. Play him up front. I don't know. Let's, let's no, 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 no. <laughs> no, don't. That's I'm joking. Quick, I'm joking. Talk. I'm no, joking. no, Good. no. Let's not, um, we don't joke about Dan James up front here. I don't think this is a safe space. <laughs> Sorry, those those awful memories. But yeah, um, he's probably the weakest link, I would say, um, in their team. But there aren't that many. Um, Wink's still pretty good. I know he can be pressed, but yeah. he's still he's still pretty good. Pretty tidy. So yeah, um, I'd say Vestergaard. Oh, and also James Justin, a friend of mine, uh, went to school with him and he was a friend of his. So that's pretty cool. Thanks for that relevant piece of information <laughs> there, Adam. That's great. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Uh, 
Uh, Adam, do you want to give us a crack at a predicted lineup? Then I mean, we just list the players that you've just spent the last five minutes reeling off about. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably yeah, Hermanson, Pereira. It's probably Faz. I think that's how you say it. Um, Vestergaard, Justin as kind of a back four, but like we've talked about, it might not always be. And then Winks just in front as the pivot player. Jusbury Hall and Ndidi as the two eights. Uh, probably Fatawu. It could be Makatea. I don't know where he's been recently. Is he injured or has he been on the bench? I've not actually looked. I think he might have been injured. Um, and then it'll be Mavadidi on the other side. With either Vardy or Iheanacho up front, I would prefer to see Vardy start, but it might be Iheanacho. He's rotated a little bit with those two. Um, I will correct you on something there. Um, Ndidi's injured. Oh, is he? That's good. That's yeah, really so, but, but, but they've been playing Cesar Cassidy. Um, he's um, one of their young players who I think they brought in recently. From Chelsea, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's another one who looks to be pretty decent, um, unfortunately. <laughs> but he, I don't think he will be as good, especially on the out no, of possession no. stuff as I what agree. indeed he is. Definitely, definitely. And also, McAteer, um, was injured, but I think he's back now. Um, I, I did some sleuthing on one of the Leicester Evening Post sites about the recent press conferences. And yeah, he, he's returned to training. Um, I think it was maybe at the start of, middle last week maybe so he should be ready for this game i think he well he wasn't ready for the most recent game they had but he should be ready for us i've just had a i had a quick look through the lineups and it is i don't think there's really a pattern to who plays out of Vardy or Nacho, is there so i'm guessing who it played could the last be either game? of them yeah that did Vardy play the Vardy played the last Vardy one, played so, last game yeah so maybe Nacho because he is 36 i would lean Nacho if i was if a gun was against my head and i was told to predict but but Vardy has historically been very good against us he has. He scored in the last game, didn't he? So he may have the bit between his teeth to because he knows that he can score past us. So he may have said, "Let me in this one, Enzo." He's one of those players that actually like reacts to that sort of stuff as well, isn't he? So. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, he loves riling up the crowd, and he's a Chef Wednesday boy, isn't he? So yeah, he loves playing against Leeds. I just say, how how are players like Ian Acho playing in the Championship? It's ridiculous, man. Don't complain about overplay, overpowered players in the championship. He it's, could be in a top half Premier League team. <laughs> we shouldn't play that game. Yeah. No, probably not. <laughs> uh, so that's enough talk about Leicester for now. It's quite a scary prospect. I think that's no one needs to hear any more about that. So let's talk about how Leeds might approach this game. So, um, Adam, do you think there'll be any changes to the way that we approach this game in possession? Probably not. Um I think that we'll tr- still try and play our own game. I still think Farker likes to try and do that and dominate teams. Uh, he has been able to do that with Leeds and he has been able to do that with Norwich at this level. I don't think that's going to change too much just because we're playing what is the best team in the league. Um, I just hope it doesn't go the same way as Southampton and I hope that some of the personnel in our defence are okay because <laughs> a little bit worried Joe Roden is out. We'll see if he's if he's okay or not. I hope he is. We'll find out tomorrow, I think, in the press conference. Um, but yeah, um, I do I do think there's there's not going to be many changes. He's not going to deviate too much from that. I'm probably more interested in what he might do sort of out of possession, I think. I guess, Martin, this, this game is probably one, apart from the Southampton game, where the opposition has the ability to dictate how they're going to play more than the way Leeds do. Because in games this season, we could have just been like, we're going to play this way and then you're going to react to it. Whereas, whereas now, we could say, yeah, we're going to go there, possess the ball and do this. Leicester might just not let us do that. So could there be an element that we can can only play transitionally because we're reacting to the way Leicester have played in this game? Well, I think the we'll, I think that times we will try to possess the ball. But I do think that we will also look for switches and try to go a little bit more direct at times. And I think we saw some signs of that in the Huddersfield game. Yeah. It 
could even have been in preparation for this game, just um, to try out some more, because like something that Dan mentioned on the review was um, at one point, like quite early in the game, Rutaire goes for a, 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 literally hooks it over his shoulder straight to, I think I think it was, um, was it Camera? I think, who had gone, gone wider. And there were times when Camera was occupying further up the pitch than what he had been doing. So I wonder if that is something which we'll see continue, because that could be a good way for us to get out of pressure. At times, we've won the wide attackers drop, drop in deeper than, than they would normally do to receive, or one of the midfielders pushing further forward to receive. So there's, there's extra bodies so we can have those longer balls. That's one of the things which I mentioned in the press as a way that we can try to get out of their press, is because they do try to prevent the switches, like I mentioned, with the eight pushing forward and then trying to, to cut out the ball side from putting it over to the other. So if we can do that, that could open up space for our attackers to get into, and that is something which I think I would hope Fark will have noticed too and do. <laughs> Basically, yeah. yeah. So that's what I'd I'd like to see. I'm not sure if it will happen or not, but there are signs that it could be. So yeah. And I guess the probably more interesting question, and we've kind of hinted that the answer to this, or well, not the answer, but discussed this already. But do you think? Leeds might change anything in their approach to out of possession, Martin? Well, there's two ways that Fark can look to do this. One is to go full high press, and one is to sit back into a more of an aggressive mid-block. And the problems you've got is if he does go for a high press, it just won't work with Perot in there. It just won't. There's no way that it can. So the only way you can get around that, if you want, to, if, if, if he does want to play a high press, is by bringing Perot out. That would either be with bringing Bamford into the game, or it would be to change formation and bring a midfielder into the game to play instead of Perot. And then they would be able to do the same as what left to do, push one of their eights further forward to join the forward press, someone who is a better presser. I, I even wouldn't be averse to seeing Dan James take part, one part of the forward press, so pressing yeah. alongside Ruter and Maybe, and then maybe play someone different on the wing and instead of that so have Dan James behind Rutaire kind of thing so even if it's so that that wouldn't be a change of shape I suppose it would just be Dan moving over to the inside and he would still be then be able to make those runs forward like he has been doing to good effect in recent games so that would be one, one way of handling it I think um, but if he does want to go for the more mid-block approach which is probably what I would prefer and then we can try to bait them forward a little bit more and try to win it around the halfway line with that aggressive pressing around the halfway line to try to quickly release our attackers in that, that way. So there's two ways that you can go about it and I think that's probably my preferred one which I would like. You could be a change of shape as well to mm-hmm. sort of try and press sort of like, I don't know, you could play almost a, I know it's not a complete change of shape but like a 4 three, three, and then James is probably starting from a more central position and you can manipulate the yeah. shape that way but that would probably be quite a big change just to do for one game in one week, isn't it? I think I think I'd agree. I'd prefer. I think the mid blocks a safer approach and one that I'd rather see Leeds do just in a game like this. And then may- maybe like elements of the high press where needed, but I think to ch- change the high press that which hasn't been working very well, it's a very risky approach and one that could see us sort yeah. of struggle pretty pretty early on in this game, which I don't really want. I'd rather stay in the game and then try and just use our players to get through it if we can. Yeah. That's what I prefer, yeah. And I would echo what Martin said. I think that's a pretty much perfect answer. If you play to have an aggressive high press, I would play Bamford or yeah, someone else, essentially 
probably Bamford. If we're going to do what I expect us to do, which is to play Perot, then I would just mid-block and try and direct the ball, funnel it into sort of areas where you can create those turnovers and those transitions and get our fast attackers away um, out of possession. So, yeah, that's what I would do as well. I agree. Adam, is there a player you can see having a big out impact on the outcome of this game for Leeds? Um, if he starts, maybe Bamford, like I touched on. Um, but yep. generally speaking, uh, transitional attackers, um, I think if they do ever have the situation where they have that back three and Pereira is inverted and we can win the ball, you might be able to isolate a winger, um, James or Somerville, both lightning quick, um, with one of their wide centre-backs. That would be excellent if we can get a situation to do that. And then if they can be buried down on the box with Vestergaard having to try and recover, great. That's definitely going to be good. That's definitely going to cause some some issues for them. Um, other players, I would say, we've already talked about Joe Roden a little bit. That access of him and Purdue Strauch seems to make us really strong defensively, most for the most part. And I don't really want to break the structure by playing uh, Liam Cooper and having to have Pascal on the right. I, I still think he's played really well there um, for the most part, but I think he's easier to press if he's on his right foot still slightly. Um, and I just don't really want to see Liam Cooper come back into the team. If anything, I would rather play Charlie Cresswell. I don't think that'll happen, but I would prefer it if we could. Um, but yeah, the hope is that Rodan's fit so that that structure is really strong, that, that foundation's really strong for the rest of defence. Um, another player that played really, really well in the last game was Glenn Kamara. Um, I think he's so much better if we do have the ball. Um so I would again play him because he's going to pick nicer passes than any of our other midfield options, um, the, the ones behind Ampadu anyway. Um, and so, yeah, the, there's a few players there that are, are really key. Um, I'm a little bit worried in terms of you talking about the bad for a second about our fullbacks um, against their fast attackers again in transition. I I really, really wish Jed Spence was fit for this game, but it doesn't seem like he's going to be. He'll be close. I think he's probably going to be uh, either on the bench this game or on the bench for Plymouth. I think he'll come back for one of those, but it doesn't seem like it's this one because there's not many rumours about it at the moment. Um, so yeah, that that would have been really good if we'd had him for, for both attacking and defending. But as it is, I'm a little bit worried about the likes of Shackleton, Gray, um, and Byram, even Byram, like, even though he's the most solid, I think that they're all going to have a, a tough ride out there with some of their players they've got. Um, so yeah, there's there's quite a few players that are going to make a difference on, on both sides and I'm a little bit worried in some areas, but I also think that we can definitely, definitely cause some problems if our rest defense is good, our mid-block's good, win the ball back, get the attack going quickly, um, James bearing down, like I said, or Somerville on, on any of their players. And yeah, we can definitely score from those those moments. And, and I would be doing a disservice if I didn't, give a quick mention to Jorginho Ruta who obviously will be so important at, at pulling players around and, and creating spaces for teammates where he can as well. Martin? Yeah, has he left you any again, Martin? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's done a very good job. It's okay. He's done a very good job of covering all, all the players there, really. Um, I think the only other one I'd mention on the bad part would, I'm not sure if Adam mentioned him, was Perot for the bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, if, if he does play and if we do do a high press, that will probably be more on Fark than Piro, to be fair, but he will still be the one there pressing badly. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, um, he's the only one I could say for out of possession. Yeah, I had I had sort of three names written down. I had Ampadu, I think, because he'll be having to deal with Dewsbury Hall. I think most most of the game. So and that'll be a nice battle to see. I think if Rodan doesn't play, the replacement is the one that sticks out for me. And so if that's Creswell, I guess it does. It doesn't really worry me too much if Creswell plays. Um, it's just I don't think he's as good as Joe Rodon, but I think if Cooper comes in, I don't worry about Cooper defensively. But I think Strauch playing on the right, I just I think it 
weakens him. So yeah, I think just that, that the Rodon replacement will have an impact on the game if it happens. I just in slightly different ways. And then the last player, and I can't believe I say this, is Dan James. I think Dan James will have a good impact on this game because he'll get in behind their fullbacks and potentially Vestergaard and be quite a, quite a threat. And I can't believe I'm uttering those words. I'm I'm looking per- I'm personally looking forward to uh, Georgie Rutter running at Vestergaard. Oh um, yeah, I'm ve- I'm very much looking forward to that dancing <laughs> around just a, him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's just a given at this point. Though. I'm like, I'm always just looking forward yeah. to seeing Rutter and just his face and his smile and his, <laughs> his just his dribbling feet. It's just beautiful. Yep. I hope nothing bad ever happens to him ever again. <laughs> um, let's have a crack at a predicted lineup then. Uh, Martin, do you want to go first? Yeah. Um, I say obviously Melier in goal. Um, I would. This is. I'm not, I'm not sure because I'll, I'll say that. Sorry. Do you want to assume Rodon's fit and then tell us what you would do if Rodon wasn't fit? Yeah, so if if Rodden is fit, it would be Rodden and Striker centre back, and then I would expect it to be Archie Gray coming in at right back. I'd say uh, that's probably why he rested him in this game to keep him fresh for this one. I'd, I'd imagine, and then By- Byram at left back, um, Ampadu and Camera in midfield, Perot, Rutter, then James and Somerville. I'd say. And if uh, Rodon wasn't fit, would what would you expect to happen? then I would probably say it'll be Cooper who comes in. That's what I expect him to do. That's the player that he chose to bring on when he Rodham was injured, so it just makes sense to me that he would do the same. Um, there's also, I think the other will be Ailing will be the second choice behind Cooper, and I think Cresswell will probably be the third, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, that's, yeah, we've got to mention Ailing earlier, actually. That's a good shout. Um, I would agree with everything you said there with my predicted lineup. I, there's a few things I'd personally change, but for what I think will happen is I definitely agree with everything you said. Adam, would you as well? Yeah, I would. Uh, not really much to add. Uh, it's just that, yeah, I, I think he probably will play Cooper if Roden's out, and I I would be a bit worried about that. Last time it happened, didn't go so great, did it, against Southampton. Um, so let's hope he's fine, and it was just a precaution. Um, but yeah, I think I think Gray will come back in for the same reasons. I agree. Let's talk about this game a bit more generally then. So, Adam, what do you expect watching this game of football will look like? Well, I was speaking to my brother about this, and I said it could be one of those that goes absolutely crazy um, and could be really high scoring for both teams. Um, it might, again, be one of those that really opens up after the first goal in terms of what the team that scores first do uh, at that point. I think if we score first, an aggressive mid-block is definitely the best way to go um, and not attempt to dominate the ball as much, maybe let them have it a little bit more and trying to catch them out. A bit like what they did to Southampton, I would say. Um, I think if they score first, I'm a little bit worried. Um for the same reasons. I think they might do that. It's possible. Um, I, what I would hope is if they do score first, that they decide to, co- to continue to play their own game, continue to possess the ball, and then maybe the same thing can happen and we can transition on them. Um, but I really don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see which manager might tweak it slightly to go for more of an aggressive mid-block or if Maresk is still going to try and do a high press, if Farker is going to try and do a high press even with Perot starting. I think it, it's really interesting. and it, Yeah, probably does hinge on that goal. It's important. What about you on this one, Martin? Yeah, I don't think I've really got too much to add from what Adam mentioned there. Um, it does vary a lot depending on the approach. So I think it's probably going to be more likely to be Fark to make changes to, well, I suppose not changes because he has gone for a high press and a mid block in different games this season. So I think it is most likely us who will Im- impact the way this game goes if Fark does choose to go for a high press with Perot in the lineup as well. Um, then I think Leicester will play through that quite easily and will hurt us and could score a goal early um, but I think if, I think a lot hinges on that first goal and I'd, yeah 
that's about it. All I can add, nothing else really. Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd agree with um, what you guys both said there. I think that yeah, there is a possibility that it could be quite an open game, where especially if, if after a goal scored. I could also just see it being one of those where it's a bit of a cagey one, and like there isn't a lot of there's a lot of quality players there, and it might look like there's not a lot of quality going on. Um, where it's like it's one of those where it's like really end to end, but just in the middle third of the pitch. Yeah, yeah. Not 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 like a good end to end game where there's shots going off and stuff. I just I would I don't know. It's that's more of like a a gut thing more, more than any reason for why I think that might happen. I think championship games can end up like that though at the top end. Um, for some reason, but um. Final question as always then, and I'll come to you first, Martin. Where will this game be won or lost? I think it's probably quite a similar answer to the previous one. The first goal will impact a lot of things in this game. Um, and also the way Fark chooses to press will also Im- impact it. So I think if Fark does go for a high press with Perot in there, then that's where the game will be lost for us. <laughs> and that's probably the main thing I think we'll have a much better chance of getting a win out of this game if we do go for an aggressive mid block if, if Perot is starting which I expect he will and yeah yeah I've I've just got down written down in my notes just press in big letters in capitals and <laughs> I, I think that's been I think that's been my answer to this question quite a lot of times this season I think just in the championship well to talk about Leeds first we haven't pressed particularly well and we've not reacted to a press particularly well but then like teams in the championship don't tend to react to a press quite well and then we've played a lot of teams that are, are, are quite pressy so I think that's why that, that answer's come up so much or maybe I'm just morphing into John McKenzie since I've started hosting the podcast <laughs> who knows um, but yeah I, I think the way like you said Martin the way Leeds appro- approach their press will definitely dictate it and I would like us to try and press Leicester because I think that they're, they're there to be there some of their players are there to be got at but I think it it does scare me a bit as well um, that we might not be very good at that but we might try it anyway and yeah we would definitely be open to their press because we're just not very good at reacting to it final word to you then Adam on this one largely agree with what you both said Um, I'm interested in this game for a lot of reasons but I'm probably most interested to see what Mareska does actually because I think that there's a lot less pressure on them. They can lose this game and be miles clear of us still. Um, so there's a lot more onus on us to like try to win, essentially, especially later on if it's if it's nil nil, if it's one all, if it is cagey, like a couple you mentioned there. Um, but it could just be full transition ball, like you kind of said, like between the boxes rather than there being loads and loads of chances. But it also could just open up crazily, crazily, and like both teams go for it, and there's just loads of goals and there's counter attacks constantly. It's maybe not that likely, but it, it could happen like that, and it would be a, an intriguing game for that if it went that way. Um, I just hope we score first. I think that's where ultimately, if I'm answering the question, if, where will the game be won or lost? I think it's like obviously this is an obvious thing to say in football, but it's way more likely that we win if we score first and then decide. Yeah, right. Okay, cool. We've got the lead. Let's stand off them a bit. Let's have a little bit more of a mid block and go aggressive on them when they get the ball in midfield areas and see if we can turn it over and counter attack quickly instead of try to like continue dominating the ball if we score and then continue to try and like press for another goal. I don't think that's the the right answer when we go one up. If we go one up, should I say? So yeah, I would say that. Good stuff then. So that brings to the end what should be, it sounds like quite an interesting game. I'm actually, I was looking forward to it already, but I'm looking forward to it more now. So after talking to you guys about it for the last 45 minutes or so. So that, yeah, that brings the preview to a close. So I will do a quick plug for the Patreon as always. So 
over the last few weeks, we've put out some, um, put out a lot of podcasts on Patreon. And for those that don't know, Patreon is a platform where people can pay money to support creators that they enjoy and they get bonus content in return. We put out some patron only podcasts and analysis articles and our patrons also get our podcast ad free, which includes early access to our preview pods, such as the one you are listening to now. We've got a few things coming up um, in the next couple of days and weeks. I think, Martin, you're taking the lead on a lot of this stuff. So there's two things. There's the Glenn Kamara video and the Under-21s pod. So do you want to talk a bit about both of them? Yeah, so I've been working on a Glenn Kamara video, and that um, I wasn't able to work on it most today. Halloween was a busy day for me. Um, but I'm hoping to get it finished tomorrow night. So I would expect it out maybe Thursday. So day before the game, hopefully. And then me and Dan are recording the under-21s pod on, I believe, either Sunday or Monday. Um, so, yeah, <clears throat> those two are coming out in the next week. So a lot of stuff for you to get into. Yeah, so, yeah, two things in the next week. So, it's, if anything, it's a perfect time to sign up to the Patreon, isn't it? And we'll also have, there's, on summer, for some reason, there's another international break in November. Like there's there's been two in the last two weeks or something it feels like so we'll we'll do another po- uh, podcast then as well as we have been doing this season and if if anyone has any ideas of stuff that they wanted us to discuss then please send us a message either on Patreon if you're a uh, patron already or a DM on Twitter then because um, we we're happy just to talk about anything Leeds related or even non non Leeds related if it's kind of relevant to Leeds I guess um but yeah send us a DM if you've got any ideas and we'll 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 have a think and see if we can make it work but yep if you want to sign up to the Patreon then you can do that at patreon.com forward slash ASAW Patreon we will be back either at the weekend or early next week with a review of the Leicester game and we will also be previewing previewing the Plymouth game next the following Saturday and I'm trying to get a guest sorted for that as well which is good because we haven't had one of those for a few weeks but until then I will say thank you to Martin thank you too Tom it's okay thank you Adam thanks very much mate I'll be enjoying this game at a wedding in Exeter so that adds a little bit of added spice I think for me yeah, I'm actually, I'm in Paris on Friday, so me and my brother will be watching this in an Irish pub in Paris, which also has a bit of extra spice, so looking forward to that. But um, thank you everyone for listening, and we will be with you soon. Bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.